Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey, hey, hey now. Howdy, y'all. What a great day this is going to be today, Kat. Finally, finally, we might get our society back. We might. We know from a senior government source who leaked it first to the CBC last night that today the federal government is going to announce they're ending the vaccine mandate on travel. We're just always late. We're so late to the party all the time. But yeah, that's very good. There's a there's a couple of fears I have with this and it has nothing to do with COVID. Really? It, yes. The fears I have are that is the are the airports going to get busier? Oh, okay. Like that, that's literally guys. So if you if you're unvaccinated, you're so excited to travel. Good for you. I, I get this is way late. We are way late on this. I am so excited for you guys. It's the fact that I fear this summer's going to be even busier than we already know it's going to be. And that's my fear because I'm traveling too. That's all. Well, I'd love to tell you that it shouldn't have a big difference. But let's keep in mind, there's millions of Canadians that were not allowed to take a plane or take a train right. or any of those things. I'm, I'm trying to do it in that dramatic way that Justin did it during the election yeah. campaign. If you want to take a plane. When he was like hat, or hat in the hat for a like Dr. Seuss for a second. Yeah. <laughs> the plane, nor a box, nor with a fox. Oh, wait, you can? You can go in a box? You can go in a box. I, uh... <laughs> Just not a plane or a train. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, when it comes to the mandates coming off, millions of Canadians are unvaccinated and have been prevented from doing that traveling and now they can and there has been what uh it's 18 months that we've had these these mandates in effect i think or something like that a long while oh actually no you know what it was just in the fall they made the travel mandate didn't they for being fully vaccinated oh it would that would have made sense yes because we didn't get our double vaxes until summertime right yeah so there are millions of canadians that have not been able to travel across the country and see loved ones or even leave the country to see loved ones. They were not allowed on a plane. And it's amazing to me. There's so many people who don't even know that. That didn't fully understand. They can't go anywhere. They are trapped here. If you are a, a, a Canadian with family over in the UK. They couldn't get on a plane to go and see their family. And if the family over there wasn't vaccinated. They couldn't come here either. So it, it's been a horrible time for those people. And I'm glad that we have finally followed the science, Mm -hmm. followed the rest of the world and lifted that mandate. Now it's the job's not done yet. The job is not done. There are still thousands of civil servants, military members, police officers, and more that are fired or are on unpaid leave because of their vaccination status. I don't know if the government is going to announce anything about them today, but let's not forget them people that were fired over this let's also keep in mind there are a lot of people out there now who got put in a real shitty spot because of their vaccination status they didn't want to give up any of their personal medical information and they had to do it Mm -hmm. all over the shot which now i assume i assume We can move past this now. We're going to stop asking people about their vac status. We're going to stop having mandates. We're just going to go back to regular life unless the situation changes. 
it could change in the fall. They say it's going to change in the fall. I, I wouldn't mind another round of Omicron if we ha- or even milder if we have to get anything because we handled Omicron brilliantly. So many people got it. They were sick for a couple of days. Then they were back to normal. And boom, they've got lots of natural immunity on top of whatever shot they may or may not have. Is this going to translate into busier airports this summer? Sorry, back to your original question. Yeah, I have a feeling it likely will. Probably. But the problem is now the economy is so bad that I don't know that people can afford to travel. Just yesterday, the S&P went into bear territory. It's down 20%. When it crosses that line, it's a bear market. And as soon as investors hear things like it's a bear market, they get very, very, very conservative with their investments. So I don't know if people can afford to fly, but if Mm -hmm. they can, now they can. You know who else I'm frustrated for is the people who took the shot just so that they could see family. And they didn't want the shot, but they were basically coerced into it. My daughter is a great example. She wasn't really interested in getting the vaccine, but she wanted to come home at Christmas. So she had to get the shot. I feel bad for people that the only reason they got the shot, Mm -hmm. even though it was against what they believe in, is because they had to travel. And Canada is not a country you can drive from one end to the other. What is it, three days to drive to the West Coast? It's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. You know, it's just not realistic. So it, it should have never been in place in the first place. And I'm glad we're finally correcting that. But you know what, though? They kind of had to drop it. There was really nothing to hang on to. There was no more studies or, or anything that the government could point to to say, this is why we need it. Justin Trudeau himself just got back from a trip to California where he was maskless, partying with celebrities and politicians and other world leaders. And lo and behold, he's got covid so the mandates didn't protect Canadians in that sense. And once that happened, they had to scrap them. Are they still testing, by the way, just in terms of those? Um, I mean, you mentioned that or any other, you know, junket or whatever. Do you have to get tested, too? Because tests are a big pain in the ass, too. And I wonder at what point we're just going to go away with them completely. You know, there's a few times I've thought about reaching out to David Aiken. He is the global news Uh, Ottawa bureau chief, and he travels with the prime minister. Wherever the PM goes, David goes. I'd love to know what some of the protocols are. Did Trudeau test positive when he got back here? Did he test positive before he got on the plane to Mm -hmm. come back here? How close was he to Joe Biden? Sorry, but I'm a little worried about Joe. He's old and not in good health. Now, he's fully vaxxed and double boosted, but if Trudeau was right in his face, and we know they were face-to-face, probably maskless, That might not be good news for Joe Biden. And that's the last thing we need is to find out Joe Biden had a serious outcome from COVID because of the Canadian prime minister. Well, I mean, they could put it that way, but it could have been anyone. Like, how did he get it? How did Trudeau get it? We don't know. I mean, we don't know. I don't even know if they do a great deal of contact tracing anymore. Generally, anyway, I I don't think people care as much, to be honest with you. So I'm sure it's one of those. Yeah, you got it. Hey, uh, you were around me, just so you know. I don't think it's like a. It's not as structured, it seems, as it as it once was, understandably. Even with the world, uh, the, the top of the, the chain with world leaders, I, I would have thought that there was some some more stringent oh, protocols yeah. in place there. Yeah, that's why I'm wondering about the testing. I'm assuming that there was a test test done before this, before they did have this. So he probably tested uh, negative, but it doesn't mean he didn't have it. We all know how this works. He could have still been positive, but tested negative. It happens. So they're going to lift that mandate. We don't have a date yet, and we won't until they make the announcement. The other thing they're going to make formal is that they're scrapping 
the app. Not the ArriveCan app. As far as I know, the ArriveCan app is staying for the foreseeable future, but they might scrap that too. I'm talking about the COVID tracing app. I learned a lot about that app in the last 24 hours. Remember, this is the one we all had to download. And if you ever tested positive for COVID, you had to go to the app and put in this long, like 16 digit number. And then it would notify people anonymously that they were around somebody who had COVID. At one point when it was like when it seemed scary, I used to check it like every day. Like, am I around anyone? Like, even though it would have alerted me, I check and it was like, you're not near anyone. OK, good. Now, now we know it's just it was kind of useless. It was useless. It's a waste of money. Oh, my God. I hate when they waste so much of our money. This is the thing. So one of the things that I learned is we paid 20 million dollars for the COVID tracing app. I don't get that's bullshit. That's got to be bullshit. How do we possibly spend that much money on an app? Well, that includes the marketing of the app. But either way, 20 million tax dollars were wasted on that app. Out of all of the people that caught COVID in Canada, 7 million people downloaded the app total, and only 54,000 of them put in a positive COVID test. We have, what, close to 40 million people in Canada. Only 7 million downloaded the app, only 54,000 put in a positive test. Hmm. That's crazy to me. You want to talk about a waste of money. That's basically as high as it goes. I can't think of a bigger waste of our money. That's nuts. And what's frustrating is it was actually not a bad idea, just poorly executed. And we'll we'll never get that money back. What are we going to do with that fucking app? Can we use it for anything? (laughs) Can we sell it to another country or something and be like, hey, use this. And then you can tell when your friends are on the beach or something. I I don't know. Is there any practical application? Can we? I don't know. Can we harvest any money out of that? I mean, it's so frustrating. You know what? Get a dating app, a hookup, new app. You know, that's what they kind of do anyway. A lot of the the hookup apps, it's like, who is horny near me? Sell it. Sell it to who you got to sell it for. Of course, they'd never sell it to someone like that. But (laughs) go ahead. Fuck it. (laughs) Hey, who wants to fuck near me? You've been alerted. Someone's horny. That's only three kilometers away. Great. Can, Can you imagine if you could just put in the app instead of, I tested positive for COVID? I'm DTF. <laughs> and then other people around you would get the notification. Oh, there's somebody close. It was DTF. I tested positive for big dick energy. Let's go. Thank you. There's <laughs> great ways that we could use the app and recoup some of the money from the app. We just need to get creative. Fantastic. I love it. So again, to recap, the travel mandate will be gone. Everyone will be free to come and go as they please again in and out of Canada. And... The mandate on people that got fired, as far as I know, that's still in place, and I don't know when that one's coming off. Will the airports be busier? Yeah, I'd say they probably will overall, Mm -hmm. but part of that problem, too, is the fucking passports. Yesterday, Karina Gold, the minister responsible for the passports, said it's far from acceptable. Just say it's unacceptable. Just say it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. You know this is unacceptable, Karina. You know it well and good. This is crazy. People are waiting like seven and eight hours at the passport office. 
Can you imagine going to the passport yeah. office for eight hours? It sucked when it was like a couple hours. Like I remember that. That was that sucked. I, you and you used to be very strategic about when you went. Right when you had to renew the passport, you knew exactly when to go, and people knew you got to do this office at this time. Cool. Now it doesn't matter. Apparently, it doesn't matter. There's a lineup like an hour before it opens. People are hoping to stay le- that people that work there stay late. I don't know if they do. I was just trying to figure out how someone. I was just talking to someone today who who was waiting eight and a half hours. Like, holy shit, you were there longer than a lot of people's shifts that work there. Like, it's crazy to me. Like, at this point, you have to know somebody. And even then, you probably out of luck. It's nuts. Karina says, these long wait times are her top priority. Okay. We've all heard what it means when something is a top priority for various ministers in this government. There's Omar Al-Gabra who can actually come out and say, yeah, the, the situation at the airport is crazy but wouldn't do anything about it. Now we've got this issue with the passport office coming up again. Karina Gold says it's far from acceptable, and this is her top priority. Hmm. But again, what are we doing about it? Now she says they haven't updated the passport application process in quite some time, so now we're going to have to look at alternatives, like possibly moving it online. That would have been a great idea 10 years ago. Every, can we just... Can Why we, isn't everything available can, online? Can we focus on moving everything to online? Like, I mean, come on. It's 2022. It's getting ridiculous at this point. I understand that there's trust issues for some people, and that's great. And maybe it's an option. Why can't we leave it as an option? If someone is unsure, and we know there's maybe older people who are not as savvy, great. You know what? Then let's leave room for them to go inside the passport office. Let's leave room for the people who are unsure, or maybe... um. For them, they're, yeah, they're not comfortable. Whatever it might be. Maybe you don't like using payments online. Maybe you'd rather just do it in person. Great. But there's a fair amount of us, I'd say most of us, that would be happy to get out of the way of the passport office physically, which would still be full with people who want to go there in person, where we could do it online. Well, they've, they've done it some for some things in Ontario. And I know this is a different situation, but for Service Ontario, for example, when they move things online... It's appreciated. Man, that's helpful. Let's not create lineups. That's the exact opposite of what we want. So I don't know why they don't put money into that. Put more money into and get a, find a company, pay them the money that they're worth, get the programs in place securely, of course, for all of us to be able to do it online. And of course, if we have to prove our identity. There's ways to do it online, too. Yeah, I'm just thinking about when you actually cross the border. They log into a computer. With your passport, they swipe it and the information comes up on the screen. So for anybody who's afraid, oh, no, I don't want to do my passport application online. Your passport's already online. It's already available on the World Wide Web or on some sort of an intranet that people at any border in the country can access. So I don't know what the big concern would be, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, It was a bumpy rollout when Service Ontario went online as well, but... Hey, it's up and running, and now you have a choice. There's all kinds of offices you can go to, or you can just jump online and get it done. Uh, I'm going to congratulate Melissa Lansman, the member of parliament for Thornhill. Melissa is just dynamite, a breath of fresh air at uh, uh, on Parliament Hill, and she's really, really been lobbying hard to end the mandate for travel. So, Melissa, you deserve a little bit of credit on this. Thank you for keeping the government accountable. Good job. The mandates on travel are coming to an end. Hopefully the rest of them will be gone soon. And then we can get back to being neighborly because that's the thing. We haven't been very often. We, we had the whole fall 
just hating each other, when we were pitted against each other, the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. And then people started to see through the shit and realize, "Mm, okay, this is a political thing. It really doesn't have much to do with medical science. And now we're finally at a point where we can all get back to normal Mm -hmm. for the most part anyway. For the most part. There's still little things like you mentioned, but we'll get there. I do want to mention one more thing while we're in Ottawa. This is frustrating because I think everybody has heard something about the attempt to regulate the Internet. Bill C-11 updates Canada's broadcasting laws and it would regulate streaming services like Netflix, YouTube, Spotify and TikTok. There's been a lot of scrutiny over this. And, and we've heard various stakeholders come out and say this would essentially give the government the power to censor the Internet. Will they? Well, that remains to be seen. Has history taught us anything? Yes, it has. And yes, I believe it will get censored. But they're really, really pushing hard to get this in. You know, I almost wondered when they announced yesterday or leaked yesterday that they were going to be um, lifting the mandates. I didn't think they were doing it because they've come to their senses or they've had an epiphany of some kind. I thought it was to distract people. And I thought, well, what would they want to distract from? Number one, Marco Mendicino still has not resigned and Trudeau has not fired him. The public safety minister, when all indicators are, it really seriously looks like he intentionally lied to or misled parliament. That's how it seems. People want him fired or for him to resign. This should basically bury that story. The ramming through the internet censorship bill, (laughs) that might get buried too because everybody's happy about the mandates. Uh, When it comes to this censorship bill, the liberals have shut it down. They've cut short debate. They gave the members, let me see here, Curbing scrutiny of the bill is a liberal attempt to rush it through the commons and is going to lead to the creation of a flawed law. They cut short debate and for amendments, they gave them till midnight discussion of the amendments. They've only got today and then they're going to vote. You know, it takes a long time to create a law. This one's going to get rammed through in record time. And I have a feeling part of ending these mandates is to distract from that happening because Hmm. that's a crown jewel for this government. They really, really want that in place. And it's just going to happen with very little opposition. With the public less angry today than they were yesterday. It's unfortunate, but goddamn, you got to give the the federal government credit. Justin Trudeau is so good at politics. He just thinks on another level. You know, when when he's about to do something unpopular, he knows enough to pull something out that's going to make people happy and distract away from what it is that's going to be unpopular. He does it time and time again. And here we are. There's a couple of different things he might be trying to distract us from. I don't know which one this is, but either way, take it with a grain of salt. Something else is going on here. Let's move on to uh, Father's Day is on Sunday, Kat. It is. Father's Day weekend is approaching. Dad's Day doesn't get the same attention that Mom's Day yeah, does. Yeah, we've talked about this. And we that's t- okay. I, 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 it, is it? It is for me. Uh, really? I think Mom's, uh, Mom's just... Mom's and Dad's, in most cases have very different responsibilities, very different work ethics. And I can say that as a, a dad who was very, very close to my kids and did the vast majority of the child rearing 
Moms have a very difficult job because not only does raising the children or looking after the children, caring for them, the cooking, the cleaning, all that sort of thing fall on them, but people go to their mom for different reasons than they go to their dad. Mm -hmm. And I think the reasons that people go to their moms are much more complicated than the reasons they go to their dad. I mean, it's a more complex issue. So I think moms deserve their recognition. I think they deserve more than one day. And I'm glad that we do make a big deal of the one day they get. But let's not forget about dads. I'm a dad. I love being a dad. I wouldn't mind being a dad again, to be honest with you. And 75% say they'll celebrate Father's Day this year, including 58% who plan to buy a gift. Mm-hmm. Very good. Less than uh, 6 out of 10 buying a gift for dad. I remember from Mother's Day, that number was much, much higher. Well, I mean, yeah, but you say that, but it's also could be that, you know, dad doesn't want anything. Dads are tougher. Dads are tougher to shop for, to figure out what they want, because dads will go with the flow. They're like, whatever. Like, I could call my dad now and be like, okay, what do you want to do? He'd be like, oh, whatever, whatever. But he'll say he wants to see me, which, which I do every single year. Um, my husband, I find to be easier. Uh, obviously, uh, because I shop for my kids. My kids are too young to figure that out for themselves now. Eventually they will. But uh, yeah, dads are a little more like easygoing in that way, aren't they? And and some of them will say, no, don't get me anything. And you're just like, okay, then I won't. See, it's different in my family. My mom is much more likely to be the, no, no. All I want is a little bit of time with my little boy. I'd love to see you for lunch or something like that. That's great. If I ask my dad, hey, what are you thinking for, fa- thinking for Father's Day? He'll give me a whole list. Well, you know, if we tee off at 10, we could probably squeeze in lunch at the turn and then we right. can go out for dinner. And, you know, if you're going to get me something, nothing too big, but, you know, maybe a gift card or something. <laughs> maybe it's a personality thing too, right? It could, could come be. down to not a mom or dad thing. It could totally come down to a personality thing. The number one thing that dads want this year Food, a nice meal with the family. Good. An experience is next, like concert tickets or tickets to a sporting event or something like that. Then it's a gift card, gadgets, and then tools. That's fine. That's all fairly standard. But one of the other things that the dad survey this year looked at was some of the other aspects of dad. They asked people, where does your dad spend most of his free time? What would that answer be if we were talking about your husband? Where does he spend most of his free time? Okay, he's in the he's woodworking. He's in the he's in the shop in his free time. Is the shop the garage? The shop is the garage. Okay, right. So for me, in the winter, it's probably the garage. In the summer, backyard, and backyard was number one. Mm -hmm. What's the top thing that you would find in the average dad's man cave? TV was number one. TV, of course. Yeah, duh. You have to, you have to watch stuff. Comfy chair. Yeah, duh. Of course. And nobody else sits in it. Nobody but dad. <laughs> A fridge, yes. And sports collectibles also made the list. What's your dad's top pet peeve? I could write a book. <laughs> I could write a book. Like specific though, what do you mean, pet peeve? Well, I'm going to give you all the ones that people said here. Okay, okay. And I think every single one of them would be on mine too. And I think that these are very common for dads. Okay. Number one thing, leaving the lights on. Oh my gosh. Okay. Who was the last one in the living room? Uh-huh, yep. You came out of the basement and <laughs> didn't turn the lights off. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you try paying the bills? Then you'll understand what I mean. 
changing the channel. You know what's funny about that is dad doesn't even have to be watching the TV. If you change the channel, but yeah. dad put it on that channel, shit's going down. Yeah. 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 Okay. He can be in the other room. Did somebody change the channel? See, what? It's funny. My dad wouldn't care, but my husband's starting to show those dad, real dad qualities. Like, you weren't even in the room. You weren't watching. Well, the highlights were on. I'm like, I could hear them. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't count. You come and you sit and you watch it, or it's, or it's getting changed. I, I think it kind of counts. Oh, of course you do. Touching the thermostat. Oh, my God. Yes. We are never all going to agree on a temperature that's ideal for us. So we have to compromise. And maybe you compromise at, I don't know, say 71 degrees. Maybe it's 69. Maybe it's 74. Whatever. But when you get the temperature in that spot and dad's used to that temperature, he can tell if you moved it a degree. Yep. And if you're complaining because it's too cold, you know the comment you're going to get, then wear a sweater. That's yep. what we were always told. And if you're too hot, it's like, okay, well, you have a cold shower or something real quick or, or go figure it out. Grab a popsicle. Next one on dad's list of pet peeves, leaving doors open. I, uh, I truly hate that. If the air conditioning's on and you leave the door open, oh my God, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Dishes in the sink. I agree with every one of these. I hate dishes in the sink. I really wish we could all get on the same page and just stack them on the counter. But for some reason, people like to put dishes in the sink. And breakable shit, too. What's up with that? I know I'm not a dad, but I'm just going to chime in on this because that's one of my pet peeves. Don't leave breakable shit in there, too, because it gets knocked over. It it breaks. What are you doing? They also asked, which TV dad is your dad most like? Okay, I like this. If I asked you that question, who would you say? TV character that your dad is most like? For my dad, I'm very lucky to have it. It was very playful dad, taught us a lot of things, very handy. So I'm going to go Tim the Toolman Taylor on this one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. Homer Simpson was number two. If you're told you're like Homer Simpson, are you supposed to say thank you to that? Like, I know at the end of the day, he loves his kids. We know this, and there's been moments in The Simpsons. But overall, if you're a Homer Simpson, yeah. Danny Tanner from Full House. Okay, that very that's a sensitive dad. That's a sensitive but funny dad. Jack Pearson from This Is Us. Okay, so that's the kind of dad that's, that is more on the playful side. That is a family man through and through, a loyal person. Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, hard ass, <laughs> but loves you. But it's his way or the highway, bitch. And that's kind of... I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Because those are all slightly different. And they are di- they are very much different. I don't know which TV character I would be most like as a dad. I think I'm a combination of a lot of those different dads. Okay. Including a little bit of Homer Simpson. That's fair. I think everybody goes Homer Simpson sometimes, you know? Nobody celebrates National Donut Day like this guy does. <laughs> so there's a little bit of Homer in there, too. Um. You go out, presumably, with your kids. You've taken them to stores and places like that. Sure thing. Here's the scenario. A couple with their four-year-old boy, they live in the UK, were at an appliance store or a hardware store of some kind. They had turned their back on the little one, but everything was fine. They were just looking at like a fridge or a stove or something like that. Mom smelled something. Oh, no. She turned around, and sure enough, her little son had pulled his pants down right to his ankles (laughs) and took a poop in one of the display toilets. 
What's your first instinct? Are okay. you thinking, oh God, grab the kids and fucking run? Oh, if that was me, yeah. I mean, I'd look around and be like, is anyone watching this? But I would feel guilty. I would probably laugh, honestly. Like, first of all, good for the kid. The kid understands. There's a toilet and I got to go. I go in the toilet. I don't go in my pants. Just confused. That's all. In all fairness, when you're a young kid, all you get told is go in the toilet. Nobody tells you which toilet. There's certain toilets you can't use. Yep. Certain ones you should use. You see a toilet, you go. You're That's, absolutely right. You know, and so you can't you can't get mad at the kid. So at that point, you're not like, you idiot. No, you can't do that. They're four. You know, so you, you I probably, I would clean it up. I mean, I would. I'm not going to take off. I'm not going to take off. But I would explain to the kid. If there's no water in the toilet and you're not like, and there's not a, there's don't, no privacy here, kid. Like, look around you. There's for, you're staring at fridges and people in orange smocks and shit. This is not the place to take a dump. This is not it. But I would, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd stay and clean it up. Okay, so- shit happens. <laughs> this is the reason why, by the way, when you go into like the mainstream stores, like hardware stores and whatnot, like your Home Depots and your Lowe's and stuff like that, every now and again, there might be a demo toilet on the floor, but for the most part, they're displayed up high. It's so people don't accidentally take a dump in them. Like, oh, I thought this was the bathroom. <laughs> some, some human adults are actually that stupid. Or they want to pull a prank like, a, like in a jackass movie, for example, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Do you have to call an associate over? Do you, do you press the button for assistance? Because I don't carry poop bags with me unless the dog's also with me. So how do you even clean yeah. that up? Oh, there's an aisle for it. There's an entire aisle. You're going to have to pay some money, but you're going to have to grab the Lysol, grab the paper towels, probably some garbage bags, and get to work. Do you sell the toilet after is the, good, is the question. Demo- I think you have to market it as used. <laughs> like, I don't know if they sell the demo toilets to begin with. But I'd imagine the smaller hardware stores, yeah, like they might have a demo sale. Why not? New, to- new toilet season is here, guys. They flush out the old ones, huh? huh? And then they bring in the new ones. So, yeah, demo toilet. Would you take a toilet for like 40% off if you knew a four-year-old shat in it? Some people would. I'd like to think that only butts that I like have been in that seat. No strange butts. No strange butts. No. Okay. I, I mean, you gave me the idea. Was it you that told me when you get a new house, you change all the toilets? Absolutely. I mean, I change the toilets. That's that's crazy for some people. Some people just change the toilet seat, and that's totally fine. I change all the toilets. All of them. I don't know. For I me, it's it. just like the, the, the last people are very attached to the toilets. I don't know what happened with these toilets. What I understand what went in the toilets, but what went in the toilets that I don't, might not know. I don't want to think about that thing when I'm sitting my ass on it. So it's getting changed. Okay, so here's a question for you then. Obviously, nobody uses your toilet except for you and your husband, the one probably in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. And probably no one uses the other bathroom except for your daughters, I would think. What about the powder room that everybody uses? Strange butts have been in there. Do you use that toilet? I'll use it, but they're, they're not strange butts. I mean, I know, I'm most, for the most part, I know the butts. If I had someone come over and I didn't really know them well and they use my toilet, I'm just going to wash it. I'm going to clean it after. But no one's going to be in my house. It's going to be so strange and where have they been that they're using my toilet that's just not gonna happen Hmm. okay all right uh they did clean up the mess by the way and then they were on their way and i'm going to guess probably never went back to that store again (laughs) never that's a great story some people are calling this guy the worst boss ever i'm not ready to make that proclamation yet Someone on Reddit posted a photo of a sign their boss put up announcing a new company policy. For every minute you're late to work, 
you have to stay an extra 10 minutes at the end of the day. So if you're two minutes late, you've got to stay 20 minutes past your shift. The person who posted it said it was a minimum wage job and they have since left. They called it the worst place they've ever worked. Wow. I, uh, I think being on time is a sign of respect. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can't be bothered to show up on time, you're flat out being rude. I know that some people carry that image, that persona. Oh, there's, there's Simon. Simon's always late. And it's almost like a joke. I would never want someone to make that joke about me because I do find it rude when you're late. Now, when it comes to work, I really don't have a point of reference here because I arrive early for work every single day. I like to be here and settled and I've got my, my organization done and I know how the day is going to go and everything's good. I don't know about those people that can wander into work 30 seconds before their shift starts and just jump right into action. I don't get that. Yeah, I think I know that every industry is going to work differently. I remember and I think it's also the way I was brought up. I was just brought up to be a good worker. My parents were. They would teach me you're always early is on time. And in both industries where I started, for the most part, I mean, I worked in retail and I worked in restaurant on and off different places. For me, it was always early is on time. I would be 10 to 15 minutes early. It was just kind of a given, like unwritten, I guess almost unwritten rule, but it was also expected of you. You show up in time so that you can see what's going on and that way you can take your time and you're not in a rush. You're not there right at five, for example, if you start at five, you're there at quarter to five. So if something happens and you need to jump in, you can jump in and help. Like that's just the way I was brought up. So for me to know that there's people and in this company, for example, where they're having issues and I don't know, the, we don't know the industry, correct? I don't know the industry. I just know that it's yeah. a minimum wage job. Okay. So, but even then, like, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if it's minimum wage or not. Your shift is your shift. I don't know about this rule 10 minutes later for every minute you're in. And by the way, for those wondering, because we did have people asking this question, we assume it's unpaid. Like you're not paid those extra 10 minutes, but because you, every minute that you were supposed to be on the clock is worth 10 minutes after the fact, you're not getting paid for that. It's not like you're like, oh great, I need overtime. No, 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 no. You're staying out of your own time because that was disrespectful. For me, it's very black and white. For I, I can't figure out a way around it unless it's a one-off, but you can't be showing up late to work Every single day f- with no reasoning, you know, it, if there's something going on in your life, you hope that you have a management that'll sit down with you and be like, okay, so I'm noticing that you're late. What's going on at home? Mm-hmm. Like something deeper is going on and you hope that you can have that conversation and say, yes, here's the deal, whatever it might be. I, I can't drop off my kids till this time. So I'm not here until 705 because the daycare doesn't open. It's till seven because there's some people are in that predicament. You hope you have management that's like, well, shit, I did not know that. Let's adjust you. But for the people who are just blatantly disrespectful, in my opinion, oh, I just felt like getting a coffee and so that's why I'm late and now I'm late the next day and they're bad workers, you get written up. Like that's how the world works. And three strikes, you're out. What if it's just somebody who has a hard time getting up in the morning? Like, oh, I just drag in the morning and I can't seem to get here for seven. Yeah, yeah. find another job. Uh Uh-huh. You put your resume in at some point to this job. You applied to it. We didn't go searching for you for a minimum wage job. That's not how it works. We didn't go recruiting you and calling you randomly and saying, come in, we really need you. No, you need them if you want money. The shift starts at 12. Get your ass in here by 12, if not earlier. I'm going to assume that there was probably 
a lot of incidents leading up to this new policy being invoked. And one of the biggest problems with people that are late is not just that the company gets gypped because they're paying you for the full hour, even though you showed up five or ten minutes into the hour. It's also the amount of work that your coworkers have to pick up. Mm -hmm. If other people have to wait for you, that's a problem. If there's somebody who can't leave until you come in, that's a big problem. Now you're not just taking money from work. You're inconveniencing other people. Yeah. If... I can't imagine that there's anybody here who sympathizes with the people who are late. There's no shortage of people out there. And I'll say it, particularly younger people who feel they don't work for free. They will get there one minute before their shift and they're not going to do an extra second of work more than they are paid to do. That leaves a lot of room for you to be late. When you're timing it that close to the top of the hour or to the start of your shift, there's a lot of, of reason to expect that, yeah, maybe you might be late. And I'm not talking about occasionally or, ah, oh, fuck, normally I'm on time, but the gardener was closed this morning and I had to take the lake exactly. short. Exactly. That, that happens. That it, happens to everybody. Sure. And I think for the most part, bosses are understanding. If you give them a heads up, like, hey, shit, I'm in the car, I'm trying to get there, but the, the highway is closed. Like, there's nothing I can do here. I think it would probably suck, but your employer would understand. Mm-hmm. If you're just showing up late because you don't care that much or because you think you can get away with it, not only are you inconveniencing your coworkers, you're also costing the company money because they do pay you for the full hour. But on top of that, you're setting a terrible example. If the boss lets you get away with it, why can't other people start showing yeah. up late? Yeah. Oh, such and such is never on time. Why should I be on time? Ah, it doesn't matter. This company doesn't care about punctuality. I see such and such late all the time. It doesn't matter if I go in a little late today. And that's how those attitudes develop. So I don't blame the boss for putting in a policy to try and curb that. I do kind of question this policy, though. Yeah. Again, why not Why not being written up? That used to be the thing. Does that not happen anymore, guys? Can you help me out here? That used to be the thing. You missed a shift, you're written up. In every single job I've ever worked, for the most part, I should say, that was basically a policy. Like, this person just didn't show up for their shift or showed up late. They're in trouble. What happened? Don't have a good excuse? You're out of there. You know, or at least three in, great, HR's happy, you have three cases of it, get the fuck out. Like, to me, it's very, it's easy. It's easy, get rid of them. Are are we finding it too hard to employ people? Is that the problem? Is that we're finding it hard to even have bodies, let alone good ones? (laughs) Is that it? Like, I'm seriously curious, because I don't understand why the management in this particular case would jump right to that. Is it hard to find the people skilled in this particular industry? Because... In in a way, okay, maybe that's understandable where it's like, I really need them, but they're an asshole. I need them until I can find a replacement. All right. Well, then start making record of it. Start writing them up and get their ass out of there. You work for money. That's how it goes. What if I'm someone who's late regularly and the boss has had enough? They've even written me up a few times. Hey, you got to start being on time. What if I go to the boss and say, listen, I am just so rushed in the morning. I get up early and I just can't get myself out the door on time. And that's why I'm always five or 10 minutes late. But what I'm willing to do is I'm going to work through my breaks. I'm going to work through my lunch. I will make sure that if you're paying me for an eight hour shift, you get your eight hours of value. Do you think bosses would be open to an arrangement like that? Or are they always going to tell you, 
If you start at seven, you've got to be here by seven. Yeah, I mean, it all it all depends on the person and the and the job. It all depends on the person and the job. At least call. If you're going to be late, call. It is so disrespectful and rude to show up late and not even have a good excuse or warn in advance that you're going to be late. And that goes for work or even social scenarios. If you uh, tell me, hey, let's go to a movie, meet me here at 7, and you show up at 7.10 or 7.15, that's unacceptable. No, I just think it's, yeah, it's rude all around. And you're right. Let people know. If it's a one-off, yeah, let let someone know. And usually those people are apologetic. That's not even the problem. That's not the problem. It's these serial late people. And and some, Being I, late I, is I, not an entitlement or a perk. I think we all know someone who's gotten away with it, too, is the sad part. Yep. Is that we all know people who have done it. In radio, for crying out loud, my early days in radio, there was a morning show person that didn't show up on time for when the morning show started. And it happened all the time. Mm-hmm. But they got away with it all the time until it ended up catching up with this particular person. And they did end up getting let go. But it was, it was incredible to me that, that someone would do that. It's happened again, Kat. Another house is burned to the ground. The problem this time and the problem many times now, dogs. Dogs turning on the stove. <gasps> In this case, and the dog is fine, by the way. I probably wouldn't even tell the story if it had a bad outcome. Yeah. The dog is fine. Uh, firefighters got to the house when they got reports that it was burning mm-hmm. and, and they got the dog out and then they reviewed the security cameras from inside the home and found out one of the dogs stood on its hind legs to investigate a pan on the stove and inadvertently turned on the heat. Mm-hmm. Is it time in 2022 that stoves start coming with some sort of a built-in feature that you can't just turn on the stove? Cause my dog as much as I love him. And he is so fucking smart. I love Charlie to death. He probably could cook himself an omelet. That's how smart this dog is. But he's also, he's got that. Dogs love food. They're very mm-hmm. food motivated. Yep. And, and I'd love to think he's going to be a good boy all the time. But hey, there's a box of pizza on the stove or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if I walked into the kitchen and caught him going for a slice. Wouldn't surprise me. But that's also where all the burners get turned on. And all you got to do is twist those burners, as you know, and the stove is on. That's why I'm glad I got an induction. That's not a non-issue for me. Induction stoves can't do that. Okay, they don't so- heat up. You can't feel it to the touch. Interesting. It heats the, yeah, because it's just the way that it heats the pot. So the water will boil. For example, a boiling pot of water. So the water will, it will, the pot will heat up. It's the pot that gets ignited, but the surface itself is cool as can be. What if there's a pizza box on top of that burner? Could that catch? No. Only no. metal. Uh, it's uh, certain things. It, you can't even use any pan on it. You have to buy particular pans for induction. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. I. Uh, but but that's not the case for everybody, right? No. But it's amazing how many of these stories we hear of fires that were started by a pet. Yeah, I was going to say cats are cats are can be a culprit too, just because they're like they're jumpers and climbers, right? So I'm sure that there's been cat situations as well, because they get everywhere. Want to play this for you? Yesterday, or is it today? Actually, it was yesterday, but it aired. Tell me again about the Amber Heard stuff. I want to play this clip for, okay, for everybody. Okay, so this is the first. Uh, I'm curious how much money she got for this, first and foremost. But whatever, we will discuss that after the fact. So Amber Heard, this is the, her first time speaking out since the trial. She's allowed to pretty much say whatever she wants, in a way. It all depends on what she decides to do. We've been hearing rumors that she may appeal, but we've also heard rumors that Johnny's team, after the verdict, where, by the way, she ends up at the end of the day owing Johnny about $8.5 million, okay? So for those that didn't hear this, the attorneys went on, I believe it was Good Morning America, 
Uh, funny enough, actually, the fact that they're competitors. So Johnny's team went on GMA and she went on today. And Johnny's team had hinted that they'd be okay with saying, don't, don't worry about paying me money, which is important because she doesn't have the money, but you can't appeal. So that's the hint that they gave. So now we are at this interview. This is the Amber's first time sitting down and chatting with um, the people on the Today Show about the trial. And I did find some of the things interesting. She claims to not, not be worried about the jury. And don't worry, jury, I don't blame you for what you did. I don't think the jury's losing any sleep about whether or not Amber's mad at them. The, the, the takeaways, basically, social media played a huge factor. She believes in this. She believes people's minds were basically warped by what they saw on social media and taking little bitty clips here and there of her. And there were a shit ton of clips about Amber Heard on there. She thinks that it's basically the, the, that and the fault of Johnny Depp, who makes it seem like he's a perfect person. I don't blame them. I actually understand he's a beloved character and people feel they know him. He's a fantastic actor. I don't take it personally, but even somebody who is... Sure, I'm deserving of all this hate and vitriol. Even if you think that I'm lying, you still couldn't look me in the eye and tell me that you think on social media there's been a fair representation. You cannot tell me that you think that this has been fair. Uh, uh, At the end, no, it probably wasn't. But let's remember how we got here. People went into that trial only knowing what they'd heard. And basically what they'd heard was what was implied in the article that she contributed to. Mm -hmm. Once the trial actually began, once Johnny's lawyer started picking apart her arguments and, and her allegations, the tide really turned and people realized, shit, I judged Johnny Depp and it turns out that's not what really happened here. Mm-hmm. The jury agreed that that's not what happened here. So I have, I think people have every right to be a little angry that they were misled by Amber. I, I don't know how she can try and spin this around like, it's okay. I understand. You guys, will, you'll come to your senses and realize I'm, I'm the real hero here. No, no. It seems like you tried to sink Johnny Depp's career. I don't know why you would do that because one thing you are right about is he is and was a beloved character. People wanted to like Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. When they read the allegations that were in her, was it an op-ed that she wrote? It was an op-ed, yeah, and she didn't even name names, but we all knew it was about him. Exactly. Then people had a very negative opinion of Johnny, and I I think that the trial really helped clear his name. Yeah, I think... Because the witnesses, I mean, you had a choice, Amber. You had all the, these were all choices on your behalf, right? Is is the problem here. You cho- you chose to continue on with this. You chose to sue him. You chose to this, that, and the next thing, to create the op-ed. And maybe you were telling partial truths. And maybe we don't know that for, for sure. All we could do is what we did, which is take a look at the evidence. The jury, that's all they could do. Take a look at the evidence and the witnesses that, by the way, you brought forward. Nobody else forced anybody else up. You did lie. You were caught in lies multiple lies on the stand, whether it had to do with the makeup that you wore to cover your bruises, whether it had to do with the altered photos that you showed people that they showed were kind of altered to make your face look more red than it was. There were a lot of things in there that were on you. And and at the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, you're kind of, you're screwed in a way. I mean, you're going to be able to do small time stuff, but I don't think that you can blame social media entirely on this. You I mean, can't. it was all over social media, things like, Her, looking quite fine, normal, content, arguably happy, looks over, oh, camera's on me, boom, right to sad face. And it does, and those things do matter. Those things do matter. And I do have to say that, like, 
court of public opinion absolutely matters. And I understand where she's coming from there because once you have a judgment on someone, it's done, right? But take a look at other people who were beloved at one point. And I know it's not the same. I know it's not apples to apples and he did different things. But Bill Cosby, taking that as an example, right? It's like that was a beloved person and a beloved character and people were easy, easily dismissed. People weren't so easy to dismiss Johnny Depp for, for reasons that they believed that you were a liar. And that's why we had to take it to court and figure it out. And that's what the jury found out. I mean, you, that's fine that you say it's fine. I don't truly believe her. I still think we know based on what was presented as evidence, which was a psychotherapist basically saying that Amber has issues. And I, that makes sense to me. And that came from a doctor, not from me. She's got issues. She's got shit going on in her head and she has been requested to get some help for it. And that's what the therapist said on the stand. I say therapist. I'm not sure the exact title of the person, but you can look up her exact testimony if you don't know what I'm talking about. Amber has issues. Get them fixed because you're living in a different world than the rest of us. I just thought she would have left well enough alone. It seems very soon to be doing interviews like this. You'd think that she'd want to let the the anger and stuff like that die down a little bit. Let people go on to other things and then come out a couple of months, maybe even a couple of years. And then you can tell your side of the story. But to come out now, what are we, a week later and say, oh, social media really sunk me. There was a lot of things that sunk you. It wasn't just social media. Like I said, it's because she has she's she's not right in the head. According to the person that was on the stand. I mean, they spent time with her and did an evaluation. And that's what they found. So I really hope I truly do. That she goes away for a bit and gets some help. And maybe she's going to be able to act again. If that's her true love and her true passion, if she's healthy, go do some Hallmark movies or something. Fine. Last thing I want to play is a joke. Coca-Cola is teaming up with Jack Daniels to release a Jack and Coke cocktail in a can. Ooh, there it is. Look at that. Yeah. Finally, we no longer have to go through that exhausting task of mixing Jack with Coke. (laughs) Yeah, that's the joke that you're going to hear. Every time this story comes up, ah, now Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola are working together to make a Jack and Coke. Was it really that hard to make a Jack and Coke? It's one ounce of Jack and a little bit of Coke. How hard was it? Who screws that up? Why do you need it in a can? You're going to hear that shit all the time. Is that really just one ounce in a can? Uh, okay, it's a tall can, so maybe it's more, it's more than, than one. That's my biggest problem with these pre-mixed drinks. Like, that's not how I make it. They're never strong enough. <laughs> no, I know. I that hear sounds you. like a waste of fucking time to me. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to market this. And it's a big deal because you get two major companies like the Jack Daniels company and Coca-Cola themselves that realize people really like it when we mix our shit here. So let's formally mix our shit and market it and sell it. Mm-hmm. Even if you think this is stupid. Maybe it is stupid, but there's a lot of people who are going to buy these at the LCBO. You know, it'll, it'll be a bunch of different people. People that are going camping. Yeah, take those. We don't need to take a whole bottle of Jack and a bunch of two liters of Coke. Right. Just grab a 12-pack of those and I'll be good. There's going to be people who don't really know what they're shopping for that go to the LCBO and think, oh, Bobby's coming over and Bobby likes Jack and Coke. Oh, look at that. It's pre-mixed right here. I'll just get Perfect. some of those. Yeah. By the way, if Bobby likes Jack and Coke, he's probably not going to love those. Just say it. I wonder. I wonder that same thing because this is going to sound, this is good. Maybe you won't, maybe you won't be, maybe you'll agree with me, but I'm just thinking about the mixes that I enjoy, whatever it, whatever it might be for me. It's I'm a rye person. I like crown Royal. I like many different kinds of rye, but let's just use crown Royal as an example. The way I mix it from the glass, you know, into the glass, I, 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 it's, it's fresh. It's clean. It's delicious. I feel like if it's in a can, it's just like, 
a day old. I feel like that would taste day old to me. Mm-hmm. But without me even tasting it, don't get me wrong. I feel like a, that's that's really a plan C for me. Like I'm not doing it pre-mixed in a can unless I'm seriously like on a beach somewhere and that's the only thing you've got. Yeah. Uh, tailgating. It'd be good for that sort of tailgating. thing. Tailgating. Easy cleanup. Right, we all look for easy cleanup. You don't have to bring glass with you. That's a hazard in one way or another. If you're going to the beach, if you're tailgating, you don't want to have to bring all of that stuff. Great, you can aluminum cans of it. Perfect, easy. Recycle them after, or take them back for the deposit. I never do. Oh, really? No, I never do. I actually, yeah, no, I never do. I look for uh, people who do drives, and I just save it up, and then you can just take it. Take it off my porch, please. Seems like kids don't come around collecting empties very often anymore. I know. I don't know where they do. I guess I suppose that they wouldn't do the door knocking thing during COVID. But if there's people, you guys let us know because we've got stuff that we can give them. You want empties, do you? I've got empties. Between me and my neighbors, we've got empties for you. Going over to a neighbor's house or something like that, that would be a good place. If you're going to go yes. over and hang out with some people, yeah, just grab a couple cans yeah. of Jack and Coke. It's yeah. easy. I'll just take that over. I, That's what these things are going to be good I, for. I, I go to my neighbors all the time, pretty close with uh, neighbors on, on all sides. And when we do, if, it's a, if they're hosting, that's what I do. If it's BYOB, I'm bringing something convenient. I'm not going to bring, okay, I got to go get that bottle of Crown and grab the cans of Zevia that I use to mix and make sure I get the ice. F that. It's the easier solution. So if that's a bottle of wine for me and a glass, that's what I'm doing. Or I'll just use one of their glasses, whatever. It's convenience factor. So that's why I think it'll do well. But will it taste good is the question. I think it, it probably will. If you get Coke and Jack working together, they're going to perfect that recipe. It's better I than think. a cola. Because currently, like Crown, for example, in the LCBO, I believe it's Crown, right? Yeah. It sells Crown and Cola. It's not not going to be the same if you're used to a Pepsi or a Coke, whatever kind of person you are, if that's what you drink it with. Uh, I think this is fine. My only concern is, or not a concern, but suggestion. We figured out how to make it convenient so you can have your, your vodka and soda water all in one convenient can. But who has just a vodka soda? You want a little squeeze of lime in there. But I don't necessarily want it lime flavored or lime infused because they screw that up all the time. It'd be cool if they could invent a can that just has a little tab. And if you want to put some fresh lime juice in it, boom, you just press the tab and it comes into the can and you got yourself a drink. A little lime juice. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would like. Because, hey, you really throw out the convenience factor when you carry around a six pack of cans and three limes with you and a knife to cut them with. (laughs) So let's fix that problem. Then we're on to something. Uh, Quickly, though, Caesar in a can. Yes or no? Uh, I mean, the I'm, premix Caesars again, it's a convenience thing. If there's nothing else and I feel like a Caesar. Yeah, sure. They're not good Caesars, but they're good enough. They'll do. But I don't want to drink a Caesar out of a can. I at least need a solo cup or something. So even at that, you can't <laughs> just go with a can of Caesar. Nobody's going to shake can. that up, open it and drink it. Ah, it feels real low rent cat. Oh, like, I think they fuck, all what are. are. We doing here? We're talking about drinks and cans. They're all low rent. <laughs> None of it's being served at a bar at the Fairmont. (laughs) Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. Congratulations, sincerely, to everybody who has fought hard to try and get rid of the travel vax mandates. Today, it's being announced that they are gone. No other details, but if anything that we're not expecting comes out of today's announcement, we'll talk about it. But I'm happy for you that you will get to see your family Mm -hmm. and your friends, and we can start taking another step back towards normal. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Forbes magazine announced last week that golfer Tiger Woods is officially a billionaire. 
leaving him no choice but to start a company to launch him into space. Uh, guys, some big entertainment news. Netflix has officially confirmed that a second season of Squid Game is coming soon. So if you forgot what happened in season one, uh, congrats, that means therapy's working. The Labor Department announced on Friday that inflation has hit a new 40-year high. You will now pay the same amount for a banana at the grocery store as you used to pay for a banana at an airport Starbucks. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.